You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. As the old saying goes, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Education to that enlightened fisherman was as important as life itself. To some, it's the reason they were put on this earth in the first place. A good teacher can move us forward, make us better, make life a little more fulfilling. But a good teacher can do more than that. A good teacher can teach the unteachable and fulfill not only their lives, but the lives of those around them. Samuel Bissett was just such a teacher. He was born in Perthshire, Scotland in the early 1700s, and originally sought work as a shoemaker before trying his luck in London at a different, more lucrative career. He was reading a story about an attraction at a local fair when he was struck with an idea. An idea that might have sounded absurd to anyone else. Bisset read of a horse that could perform odd tricks. The novelty, combined with his own stubborn refusal to settle down into one line of work, set him on a path toward becoming an animal trainer. He started by training a horse and a dog for his first act, then moved up from there. He trained one monkey to dance on a tightrope, while another held a lit candle and turned a barrel organ. Not content with his small zoo of performing animals, Samuel went bigger. Well, technically smaller, but with the plan to put on a grand musical performance with cats. Not those cats, with the costumes and wigs. I mean, actual cats. He purchased three kittens and worked with them for months, teaching them how to hit dulcimer strings with their paws so as to create music. The Cat's Opera, he called it, ran for almost a week and made Bisset rich, which only encouraged him to add more animals to his routine. He taught a rabbit how to play military marches on a drum with its hind legs. Small birds, such as sparrows and canaries, could spell anyone's name in the audience. And even though he already had a dog in his lineup, he taught a turtle how to play fetch. But while Bisset had proven successful in training animals with uncharacteristic talents to entertain crowds, none of his acts proved as financially successful as his cat's opera. He thought perhaps he had exhausted his opportunities in London and decided to take a show on the road, moving his human family and his furry family to Ireland for a new start. It was there where he encountered a seemingly unbeatable challenge— According to some local folks, the only animal that was too stubborn to train was a pig. It couldn't be done, they said. Samuel, of course, believed that he could prove them wrong. He accepted the challenge and purchased a black suckling pig for three shillings. He immediately taught it to lay down under the stool where he worked, but unfortunately that's about as much as the pig would learn at first. Samuel nearly gave it away until he looked at the problem from a different angle. He worked closely with the pig over the next 16 months, turning what was originally considered an obstinate and unreasonable animal 
into something akin to a loyal golden retriever. The learned pig, as it had come to be known, could do all sorts of amazing tricks to enthrall their audiences. It could tell time down to the second. It had an impeccable talent for picking out married folks from unmarried folks. It knew how to spell out a person's name and, in some cases, read a woman's mind. It could also kneel out of respect, the way you or I might do before the queen. But not everyone loved Samuel and his learned pig. One night, a man wielding a sword broke into his hotel room with the intent to kill the pig. To him, the animal was an affront to God and everything decent. The man swung the sword around the room, destroying everything in his path, before plunging the blade into the unsuspecting trainer. Samuel begged the man to leave and showed him the permit he'd obtained from the chief magistrate for his pig to perform. The attacker accepted the proof, but threatened to drag Samuel to jail if he ever showed his face in that town again. It wouldn't matter, though. The injury he sustained became infected, and not long after, Samuel Bissett passed away. The pig, however, lived on. Not only did it continue to perform under a new owner, but it inspired similar acts all throughout the 19th century. The image of an educated pig even became a common way for cartoonists to illustrate the greed of the rich and the debaucherous nature of celebrities and politicians. In a way, the learned pig became something all of us today might recognize. One of the first and longest-lasting memes in history. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. It's been said that beauty is fleeting. This is often interpreted as meaning our good looks won't last as we age. What once was beautiful will eventually wither. But there's another meaning, a deeper one, that something is beautiful not because it lasts, but because it's temporary. We have it only for a short time and therefore should cherish it. 
because one day it will all be gone. People, animals, flowers, all have limited time on this planet and are therefore beautiful. Maybe that's what Anna Ivanovna, the Empress of Russia, had in mind when she ordered the construction of a new palace in St. Petersburg. Her forces had just defeated the Ottomans in a war that spanned four years, and Empress Anna wanted to do something big to celebrate. A party would not last long enough, and a statue would be too small. She needed a true monument to her success, built in order to honor their victory and the scores of soldiers lost on the battlefield. She hired renowned architect Peter Yurapkin to design the impromptu castle. Yurapkin had been responsible for redesigning St. Petersburg after the death of Peter the Great, as well as palaces for chancellors and princes all over the country. If you were building a grand structure in Russia, Peter Yurapkin was the man with the plan. The palace was designed to be over 65 feet tall and 164 feet wide. The giant bricks the builders used, though, weren't held together with mortar. Instead, George Croft, who was overseeing the construction, put his scientific background to the test and instructed workers to use plain water as a binding agent. An odd choice for something as massive as a palace, but a wise decision in the end. When completed, the palace featured a lush garden with trees and wildlife such as birds. An elephant was brought in to entertain guests. Sculptures of all kinds adorned the walls, as well as artillery similar to that used during the war. Elaborate furniture pieces filled each room, and a tall wooden fence was erected around the perimeter of the building, to keep commoners out, naturally. Once completed, the palace became a setting for ceremonies and amusing performances, including a mock wedding between two jesters. You see, years earlier, Empress Anna had taken offense at the marriage between a prince and a Catholic woman. After his new wife passed away, the prince was forced to become a jester for the empress. As the party began, Empress Anna chose one of her poor servants to become the prince's new bride, someone she knew the prince would find unattractive. The reluctant couple rode atop that elephant, both of them dressed as clowns, while a menagerie of creatures and circus performers trailed behind them. After the wedding, they were stripped of their clothing and tossed into a freezing honeymoon suite with nothing to keep them warm but their own body heat, and a sheepskin coat the servant had bartered with one of the guards. Books about the palace were published almost a hundred years later, with films hitting screens a century after that. The unique and charming castle had captured the imaginations of everyone who heard about it. If only Empress Anna had lived long enough to enjoy it more. She passed away one year after construction was completed, leaving behind her glorious creation for all to enjoy. Until the following summer, that is. You see, there was one problem with the structure— Something the architect or the builders couldn't have fixed regardless of the level of their engineering that went into its construction. It couldn't handle the heat. By the following fall, Empress Anna's palace had disappeared entirely. It had melted. You see, the palace was never intended to exist beyond Russia's famous winter. The sculptures, the furniture, the trees, the birds, and even that elephant, all had been carved out of ice. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. 
I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.